Hi and welcome to episode 32 of ACR Tour Tales, the podcast from Irish City Radio and me, Sam Steen. The podcast is all about the entertainment industry and the people who are working in it. Mostly, we talk about people in the music industry and this week my guest is uh, Raphael from the band Canoba. They're a Belgian group who are going to be performing at this weekend's Belgian Night, which is at Den Atelier, along with another great band called Sunfjord. You can find that interview on the Aura City Radio SoundCloud feed. Do check it out. Uh, Raphael was really, really nice. He had a lot to say about the music industry, about how he has made it himself, uh, how he has grown the band and the project that he's working with, and uh, just how it all works. I thought he was really, really insightful uh, in that regard and a really, really nice guy as well. You should check out the band. They're excellent. They're a bit like Alt-J or James Blake or maybe Gautier. They're, you know, influenced by all of those, but then also have their own uh, individual take on that kind of genre. Anyway, check them out. Do go along and see them live this weekend at Den Atelier. And uh, if you miss them, while you should regret it, I'm sure you'll see them again because these guys, I think they're going places. That's enough for me. Just to say, uh, if you enjoy the interview, please do subscribe on iTunes or on SoundCloud and you'll find it on Stitcher and wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, subscribe, please, and uh, do like and comment because that really helps other people to find the podcast. Anyway, enjoy the interview. How are things? Oh, very good. Thanks. Uh, well, first off, just thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate that. No problem. Thank you. Uh, so we're uh, looking forward to the um, the gig that you've got coming up here in uh, at Den Atelier. Yes, so am I. So am I. So I'm, I'm, um, uh, this is the first time we're playing a club show in uh, in Luxembourg. We did play um, a small a small uh, festival uh, a, a while ago. So I'm uh, I'm uh, unsure whether there's going to be lots of people and, and whether people in Luxembourg are, are keen on 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 the music I, I make and I play. So I'm just really looking forward to to seeing what what happens then. No, it should be really interesting, and 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 you know we've been playing some of the tracks uh, from the recent EP as well, and, and I have to say I'm really really enjoying it. I think it's great. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about that because you guys have been you know producing music for a little while now. What is it about this record? Is this a sort of a you know a, a more of a statement of where you are now and and what you want from the band? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Um, this project uh, has been going on for for six years now. Uh, and I, I really went from uh, six years ago making my first EP in my in a my tiny bedroom studio, uh, and then uh, the the project evolved, uh, song after song, year after year, gig after gig, and uh, and I, I felt like now was the right time after all this time and all this this uh, improving, to to really put out a, a proper album um, that was made professionally and everything, and then and. and it's not like the right time, and it does feel right now to to release this album. Mm-hmm. And when did it come about that you decided to bring other people into the project? Well, um, initially it was my, my solo project, uh, mm-hmm. and I was working on it uh, on my own. And I, st- I still am uh, in in the sense that uh, I write and produce all the music myself. But I needed some uh, musicians and, uh, and a whole team to work with me on, on everything else and the musician especially for, for live performances because I was in the studio I could uh, record lots of different different instruments lots of different vocals and harmonies and everything so that was pretty much impossible to recreate all on my own so yeah it was uh, very important to, to get um, a few uh, musicians in and try and get some of the best ones uh, available around so um, that's what I did, and, and we worked really hard together to to try and recreate the, the studio um, recordings into into something live, into something 
I would work uh, in a live show, and it's and I'm really happy with the results so far. Cool. And did those guys and like that all happened after you moved back to Belgium, right? Yes, yes, yes. Well, I moved back to Belgium, and I, and I already had um, three EPs under my arm, and um, and so I, I went around. I went around. I watched lots of live shows and jam sessions and, and everything, and I started meeting lots of people and. Uh, you know, and uh, whenever I found a musician that I really, really liked and that I, I thought would really fit my project, I uh, sent them my my EPs and showed them my project and said, "Right, what, what do you think? What do you, do you want to join the project and work with me?" And uh, and that way, that was that way I could sort of, sort of handpick the, the the people and the musicians that I really wanted to work with, and that, that was great. What was it like then when you brought those guys in? Because you know, when when you have written and produced and and even recorded all these songs by yourself, did they uh, did they basically just have to learn to play what you had done, or did they kind of add their own bits and pieces? Has have the songs changed in the live setting anyway since they came in? The, the, the song has has changed. It's it's, uh, it's a little bit different from from the records. Uh, it was it was a lot of hard work at first because I didn't really know where to start with. Uh, like I said earlier. Um, I use so many different instruments and different parts and different sounds in the music I produce in the studio because obviously the studio gives you um, unlimited uh, possibilities. Um, so at first it was a lot of trial and error. Uh, we used computers, we used synthesizers, drum machines, as well as live instruments, and we try and mix them all together in something that would work and that we could rec- recreate the songs that you can hear in the studio so that. Uh, they're not too far. They're not too different. You can still recognize them, them, and some of them are really, really similar to what you hear on the record. And other ones, we we um, took more liberties with, uh, and and recreated completely different live versions than the the original ones. Cool. And if you don't mind, if we could just go back a little bit further in your own sort of musical history and things like that, you you went to uh, to London and Brighton, right? And you were studying there. Uh, were you studying music? Uh, yes, yes. So I, I moved to, to London when I was 19 to, to study music, um, music performance, like more vocals and, and performance uh, for a year. And um, and after that, I moved to, to Brighton to study at Brighton University and study music production. So. Wow, so you, well, what had you been doing? I mean, obviously you were in school, I guess, but like, were you playing music were you performing before then did you have bands at school or you know i mean obviously it was something that you really really wanted to do right not just kind of go out and just see what happened you mean before i went to london yeah yeah um you know i i've been playing music for for years i started playing piano when i was uh, seven or eight and uh, and then as a teenager i dropped the piano and and got an electric guitar and started playing like in a in rock bands with with friends from school. I started singing, and and then you know I've I've been playing music and playing around music pretty much all my life. Um, then um, when I went to London to England, I saw it more as a, a sort of a gap year um, where I would just go and and learn English and play lots of music and have a good time and have a good experience, and then go back and study. I was studying architecture at the time, like oh. in Belgium. And I thought I would just go back and, and keep uh, studying architecture. But then that one year in London um, was so much fun. Was, I, I learned so much about new things like music production. I had a music production lesson uh, that introduced me to all these new technologies and what we could do with them and, and how you could create music. And, and um, I, I really, really liked doing that. So I thought 
this is what I want to do. And I found a, a course, a proper course at university that was teaching that and uh, applied for it. And that was it. So the kind of uh, development of your sound over the years, are they basically just based around the new production techniques and things that you were learning and being influenced by throughout your time in Brighton? Yes, I'd say so. Um, I've, I'm, I try never to to give myself too, too many limits as to uh, what to use, what tools to use, what instruments to use, and the production techniques. So every time I, I hear something new, or I read about something new, or I just discover a new a new technique, a new a new software, a new instrument, whatever, I, I always try and play around with it and, and add that to my to my sound. So I guess if you if you listen to to all the, the the songs I've I've released over the over the years, uh, it changes a lot. It changes a lot. Uh, I suppose you still have my voice as a, the main central part. That that's that's still similar. Like you can recognize my voice and the harmonies and stuff. But then everything else around it keeps evolving, changing, and I'm quite happy this way. It just it keeps it keeps it fresh and interesting for me. And yeah. Well, just even looking at the the influences that you've listed on your on your Facebook page, um, you can certainly hear quite a lot of those in your music, and there are a lot of great bands in there that I absolutely love. But there's there's a kind of a hint of of, of like it's not dubstep, but there's certainly that kind of drop that comes into your music, and it's uh, it's quite danceable at the same time. It's atmospheric and, and 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 melodic as well. There's a lot going on. How are you doing that by yourself, sitting in, in your room and putting all those pieces together? Just tell me about the kind of process of, of building those songs. Okay, uh, I'll try. I'll try and, <laughs> and not to get into too much detail, but still, still give you a good idea of how it works. Well, first of all, there's no. There's, I don't have like a, a recipe for for making music. I don't. I don't have that. I don't follow the same path and the, the same steps every time. There's so many different ways you can make music. So. Um, what what I do though is, is I have my little home studio and I have a few instruments. I've got microphones. I've got a, a software, a recording software in which I can create sound. I can mix sound. I can do everything. And uh, I, um, I I often start with with um, a rhythm, a beat, or something because I like to feel something grooving in my in my body when I'm I'm writing music. So that that beat, that groove, initial initial groove is is what's gonna um, well, I'm going to build the song, the song around. So um, I'll, uh, I'll start with, with like a simple beat, simple groove that, I'm, that I've got in mind or that I, I, um, I got, that was influenced by another record that I heard or I don't know, it can, can come from anywhere. And then, uh, I'll, um, then I'll start writing some music around. So I'll start um, playing on the piano, finding chords, melodies, writing lyrics. And then... At first, it's just just a few ideas, it's just a few bits, like a beat and a few chords and some lyrics, and and then I keep working on it and working on and, it, and and the more I work on it, like the, the more it grows and new ideas come in, and then sometimes I completely delete what I had initially because the new ideas come, have come to completely replace them, and so it's it's very organic process, like of writing, recording, mixing and trying lots of things and then the more I do that the more the song evolves into into like a final a final thing a final product mm-hmm. um, when you're by yourself though it, it must be quite difficult to sort of realise when it's done you know what I mean when you're constantly adding different elements and, and, and you know adding little bits and pieces if there was somebody else there or another producer they can kind of just say okay that's it now it's done how, how do you kind of just 
How do you know when it's ready? It is very difficult. It's something I, um, I struggle with, and I think many uh, artists and producers uh, will struggle with that as well. Because it, perfection doesn't exist. Like You can never get to a point where you're like, this is it, 100%. There's always something you could pot potentially change, try something different, re-record. Um, so at one point, when you, when you feel like the song is working, that everything is in place, and it's, it's maybe time to let it go, and then move on to another one. So you just have to... You just have to um, sometimes see that point in the, in the in the whole creative process and and say, all right, this is it. I'm 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 dropping it. I know I could still spend <laughs> hours and hours on this, uh, but this this is fine. Uh, for this album, though, um, what really helped is that I um, I uh, did the final the final post production and mixing in a different studio with a with a really good mixing engineer. So it was it was good to have that sort of second opinion, and I I come into the studio with all the all the separate tracks of, of everything that, that, that I had in my music. And we started remixing it in, in the studio and listening to every single detail with him. And so I had someone experienced who could say, right, I think maybe here in the song it's lacking something like this, or maybe here there's too much. Maybe we could remove one or two elements. So um, let's re-record some live drums on, on here so it gives it a bit more... Of a, of a life, life, lively feeling. So that that was good to have all these like tiny details worked on with someone else, and it, it helped me finish the album properly. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, that's kind of something I'd like to get onto in just a sec, if you don't mind. But when you came back to to Belgium and you had your EPs ready and you were able to take them out and find the other people to start playing with you, where do you go then, just as an artist or just you know somebody who wants to do things in the music industry from there? And how do you start? getting gigs and start getting your song out there and, and, and you know, just becoming an artist back in Belgium? Uh, again, again, this, that, that's a whole, it's a whole learning process, a whole learning curve because no one really teaches you and no one really tells you how many things there there is to do and yeah. what to do and how to do. For me, what happened was that I got back to Belgium and um, I already had music and I already had following and I already had like a project that was or that side of the project was already quite advanced, and but the live side that, of the that's a following hmm? that you'd but that's a following that you'd built up online through SoundCloud and social media and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd made several YouTube videos and, and released songs online, and and and, and built up a, a small following. It was quite small at the time, but it was it was there, um, and the music was there as well. I had like these three EPs, so that side of the project was already. Well advanced. Was that well, entirely by yeah, yourself? The, sorry, sorry to interrupt again, but that, was that entirely by yourself? That wasn't with the backing of any kind of studio or, or distributor or anything like that. That was just you putting it out there and, and making these videos and doing everything yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, but on the other hand, um, on you have the the, the live the, the live performances aspect of the project. And on that side of things, I was way, way, way behind because I got back to Belgium. I didn't have a band anymore. I didn't have live show so the first thing for me was to find musicians and build a build a, a live show and then once i had that i could start playing small shows and there's playing there's like a bunch of small contests that you can apply to as a, as a, as a new band to try and you know get uh, gig opportunities and, and and get heard by by more people and so you just i just started doing that i just kept making music and releasing music and at the same time kept improving the live shows and trying to find new gig opportunities 
every gig opportunity, obviously, you want to you want to just even if it's a small gig in front of a small crowd, you want to be as ready and as and and as good as possible, and make sure that every person there has a great experience, and we'll we'll talk about it to to people around them. Same for the music you make, and then every step, if you do it well, if you if you work hard and you you try and you try your best, and you try, try and make sure that that um that every aspect of the project is as ready as professional as as um, good as possible uh then naturally um step by step uh the project started um going up and up and the gigs started getting bigger and then we started working with a booking agency with a, a good pr company and then um then uh started working on a, on a full album now and uh yeah and then that's that's, that's how it works for me but I suppose there isn't one one specific way you you can do that. It's it's, it's the music. It's music. It's internet. It's so broad. It's so vast. You, you could do it any way you want. Some people use TV and go on go on TV doing um, uh, these these shows, these contests, singing contests, yeah. and then they get noticed really quickly. And then go, they go through the the more regular route of going through a big label and having a big album produced straight away. And others like me just go through the the whole process of creating a project from scratch and going very step by step by step, and uh, and here I am now. Well, you still, often, still have a few steps to go though. True, but you know you often find people who do it that way last a lot longer in the industry. You know because you're making something for yourself as opposed to for other people. I think so. I think so. It, it would make sense. Um, it would make sense because I've learned so much doing that. Like every step you. You try and learn. You have to do everything yourself. Like the, you have to communicate. You have to promote yourself. You have to organize uh, all the people you work with. You have, you, there's so many things you have to do, and so many mistakes you make. Obviously, because <laughs> I have to do it all myself. Still, still now, like I'm releasing this 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 album, and there's so many tiny things here and there that I, I got wrong, and I forgot to to order this, and I forgot to, and then. And every time you make a mistake, you you learn from it, and you write it down. And the next time you the next time you you go through that same process, that you make sure you don't make that mistake again. So, and that that gives me all the all these skills now that makes that make me well, I think make me a, a more complete uh, professional, yeah, not yeah. just artist, not just musicians, but professional overall. That than um, that I would be if I'd I'd just um, been pushed forward by a big label and that done all the, the all the, the heavy work for me absolutely and and you know I, I hate to ask especially when you're just releasing your own album but have you ever thought about working and producing other people's work yes uh, i already have um oh, yeah. i already worked with a few people back in england uh, that was i was that's what i started doing initially i mean yeah. i was studying music production so i was using the the university studios and i was producing other people and then only started making my own music um, and then, and since then, I still I still have here and then worked on on small EPs, uh, singles. I've collaborated with several artists, so I do I do like producing other people's music sometimes. Um, and uh, and I I think I still will in the the near future. Great. And you know, you you spoke a little while ago about the small gigs that you have to play and how you kind of build that up. But the minute you seem to have taken over a little residency at the AB, working your way around the building. Oh yeah, well yeah, yeah yeah. That um, that, that was great news for us. Obviously, um, first the first that came that came up was um, that um, we we did a support show, 
and that was thanks to um, now we're working with this with, with a really good booking agency that that's doing a great job for us, and um, they got us this this support slot for for this French band called Hyphen Hyphen. So we we knew we'd play at the Enfin Belgique um, that day. It was in November. But then we, we we were planning the the album release, and we wanted to do to basically we wanted to do the release in um, fairly small but really good quality in a really cozy place. And we thought that the Ancien Belgique has two rooms: the the big main one and then a small one uh, upstairs, like maybe three hundred people. Mm-hmm. But that is really really nice, really cozy and beautiful, and the sound is great and everything. So we thought this would be the perfect place to do the album launch. Uh, we could probably do do bigger. But um, at least here, we're sure it's going to be sold out, and it's it's going to be uh, a good a good evening. So let's just go for that. But then the, um, the tickets went in in four days, I think. It took four days for the for the place to get to get sold up, and I was really really pleased and surprised. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, and and so the the yeah the booking agent called called me up that that day and said, right, I've spoken to the venue, and they they'd be up for for opening up a second a second show, but in the big in the big room in the big venue downstairs so i said so you're sure is that a good idea and he said well i think i think we can do it i think we can manage to, to, to fill it up so i was a bit worried a bit a bit <laughs> uh nervous about about the idea of, of having to fill up such a big venue um and uh to my surprise once again uh <laughs> but the, the the place got the the show and the venue got sold out over a month before before the show so so yeah um Spending a bit of time at the Ancien Belgique at the moment, and you know that's great. That's great because after playing so many smaller shows and building all this way up, it's it's really nice to to, to see that finally um, things things are coming coming my way, and uh, and we get to play in such beautiful and mythical historical venues. Yeah, I mean it's amazing. It's absolutely incredible that you um, you know as as you say, you know, you're releasing the the full album for the first time and that it sells out twice. I mean, that's pretty great. Um, what's what's up next? I mean, you, you spoke about, or obviously we know that you're coming here to do your first club show. Um, mm-hmm. What have you got for the summer? Have you got festivals lined up? I guess you can't tell us which ones, but have you... Um, yeah, we've, we've got a few festivals lined up and we get um, some more probably uh, come, come in. Uh, but at the moment, we can't really announce much yeah, about this summer. Unfortunately, but uh, we we do have um, uh, another club show in Liège at the uh, Reflector, mm-hmm. and uh, and we an, another date was just announced yesterday uh, at the Cirque Royal in Brussels, which is like a really rich. I don't know if you know if you know the, of the place. You know. It's at the at the Botanique, is it or? It's uh, it's uh, owned or maybe not owned, but just it's uh, the program the. the Programmation is is by the botanic. They they look after the place, um, okay. but it's it's separate from from it. It's Cirque Royal, which which is like a massive venue. It's huge. It's, it's beautiful. It's like a another dream come come true after after uh, the in Belgique. So we'll try really hard to work on that on that date and and to get the place to, the place sold out again. So that means we can't play too many other shows around uh, around Belgium. Uh, around that time, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but we know we will do like a a, a, um, a bigger club tour uh, after the summer, after the the festivals and stuff. But in the meantime, in the meantime, uh, we're looking at playing more shows abroad. 
um, and there's a few places where where we get a lot of a lot of fans, um, a lot of views online, and and it's quite. I don't. I can't really explain why these places specifically, but um, places like Georgia. Really. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely staggering. Um, I have no idea how it happened and why and, and how it's working at the moment. I'm trying trying to investigate. <laughs> but basically, uh, at the moment, Georgia is is um, listening to my music about twice, maybe three times more than Belgium. And in Belgium, we we get played on radios and we fill up fill up um, big venues. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be like in in Georgia when we go there. But it's 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 incredible. Fantastic. I don't know why. And then there's other places doing really well as well, like Poland and Romania, Lithuania, Turkey. And so, yeah, no, in the meantime, we're going to try and, and reach out to all these, these places and try and go there and play a few shows and, and, and meet people there and see, see if we could come back and do more shows and release songs over there. We'll, we'll see. Brilliant. And Luxembourg, obviously, you know. <laughs> Of course, yeah, absolutely. You're coming to play with uh, Sunfjord, who are playing at that uh, that gig you mentioned as well. Yes, Tesco uh, Royale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I know them well. They're, they're a really, really good band that I've, I've liked for for a long time. Um, even before they they were that band, I knew them in different projects, and they're great, great people, great musicians, and it's 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 going to be a great show. Brilliant. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. It's on Saturday, the 11th of February. Um, you know, fantastic to see you going out and playing. And uh, hopefully, I'll, well, I'll see you at this gig and hopefully I'll see you at some festivals over the summer as well. Yes, well, yes, of course. Of course, because are you coming to, to the show? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Ah, brilliant. So I'll be looking forward to, to meeting you. All right. Thanks so much, Raphael. Really appreciate it. And best of luck with the release. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Bye.